Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans for this Christmas Eve service. There are no particular announcements to be made, so we're going to get right into it with the uh, spray loop.
We have watched. We have waited. In hope. For peace. Enjoy. With love. Now our redemption draws near. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Because we had faith in him, we dare to approach God with conscience. In faith and penitence, we let us confess our sins before God and one another. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ, he came among us as a, shine, a light shining in darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light, but trusted the good news to be good. We have closed our eyes to the glory in our midst, expecting little and hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope, so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ the Lord. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigned in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace.
first reading that I will be from Luke 1, 26-30. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favorite one, the Lord is with you. And she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your one and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called. And he will be called the Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be married. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
reading tonight comes from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken by Quirinius, who was the governor of Syria. All went to their own town to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, a city, uh, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in an anger because there was no place. shepherds living in fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it is 
as it has been told.
it was such a horrible sight to him that Scrooge reacted with terror. He looked at his former partner, who was weighed down by chain, a chain that was um, made up, Dickens says, of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, beads, and heavy curses wrought in steel. Marley would shake the chains and wail in his distress. Scrooge noticed the chains, of course, and his distress, and he asked them about it. He asked Marley about it. You are fettered, Scrooge said, trembling. Tell me why. I wear the chains I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it of my own free will, and of my free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and the length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full as heavy and as long as this, seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Jacob Marley was a ghost with a mission. His task was to convince Scrooge to break his chains and change his ways. It was an uphill battle, but Marley had help with three other ghosts who visited Scrooge in turn. It would be a long, hard, painful night for Scrooge, but the ghostly visitations worked. Scrooge became a changed man who found redemption in love and kindness. A Christmas Carol is a wonderful Victorian fairy tale, but like many fairy tales, it bears an element of truth. Just like Scrooge, we are often weighed down by invisible chains, chains of greed, selfishness, hatred, addiction, prejudice, and many more, too many more, to count. We can only break these chains by first realizing that they are real and taking steps to smash them, link by link. The mental image of us dragging around chains like Jacob Marley would be terrifying if we did not have help, but we do. In Jesus Christ, we do not face our chains alone. In fact, Jesus not only helps break our own personal chains, he broke the big chain, the chain of sin and death, when he died and was resurrected on that first Easter morning. The mission of Jesus did not begin auspiciously, no one who saw him as a newborn baby in a stranger's stable would expect, would have reason to expect great things. Whispers of scandal had followed Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. They were betrothed but not yet married. 
and yet she was with child. Did they jump the gun before their wedding? Was Joseph even the father? He must be. What man would claim to be another, another man's child? And the rumors swirled around them. They were not poor. Joseph was a carpenter, a skilled trader. But they weren't well off either. And the journey to Jerusalem, I keep saying that the journey to Bethlehem had to be hard on both of them. Now, on that first Christmas Eve, Mary gave birth to Jesus a long way from home, far away from family and friends, no servants to hustle and bustle around, helping the family, and no couriers waiting to announce the birth of the king's son. Only a few people knew that the baby Jesus was special. Mary and Joseph, of course, Elizabeth and Zachariah, but to everyone else, he was just a normal baby, even if his parentage was a bit questionable. This would change, of course. On the night of Jesus' birth, an angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds guarding their sheep outside of town. The shepherds were terrified. Apparently, having an angel of the Lord appear to you is as terrifying as having the ghost of Jacob Marley show up in your bedroom. But the angel reassured the shepherds, saying, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Then the angel was surrounded by a heavenly host, praising God. Overawed by their visitation, the shepherds hurried to find where Jesus lay. They worshipped the infant Messiah and afterward told everyone they saw of the great news. The foretold Messiah had been born. Other people knew too. Astrologers from Babylon read the good news of the stars and journeyed to Bethlehem to pay tribute. Our modern manger scene showed the shepherds on one side with their sheep and the wise men on the other side with their camels. This isn't how it happened. It took a long time for the wise men to get from Babylon to and when they arrived, the young family was living in a house. Unfortunately, the wise men made an unwise mistake and stopped at Herod's palace first to ask where they might find the foretold one. Herod played along, but after they left, he ordered that all male children under two to be killed. The Holy Family fled to Egypt as refugees and eventually returned to Galilee to raise Jesus. There are many fanciful stories about Jesus as a child, 
since we don't know much of his, about his life before his earthly ministry began, people just made things up. One of my favorites is that the boy Jesus made pigeons out of clay and blessed them, and they flew away. Another one is less cheerful. It has Jesus striking at the local boy. In reality, Jesus was pretty ordinary in many ways. Though I suspect that people sensed something special about him. How can God's presence not leak out somehow? At least a little. Once Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the divine part of his nature became more obvious. People recognized his authority, and many hoped he was the Messiah. And Jesus was the Messiah, though in a different way than most people expected. His Messiahship was not to be an earthly king, but a suffering servant. His calling was to die willingly on Calvary's cross to atone for our sins. Three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead, forever breaking the chain that bound us, its links made of sin and death. This chain was longer and far heavier than the one Jacob Morley wore, and it had oppressed humanity from the beginning of time, but its links were smashed to pieces the minute, the second, that Jesus rose from the dead. The world has not been the same ever since. Neither the visible world nor the invisible world. Without Easter, we would be like Jacob Marley, weighed down by a chain of our own making, desperately trying to warn our friends before they suffer the same fate. On this side of Easter, we are more like Scrooge, a deeply flawed man who had the ability to change, to be redeemed and made new. With Jesus Christ, we are redeemed. Our chains can be broken, and the great chain of sin and death and the power it held over us has been destroyed forever. This is the Christian belief, the Christian hope, foretold by the prophets, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, Son of God, our Redeemer and Savior. His earthly life began in a Bethlehem barn and appeared to end on a cross. But it didn't end there. He was raised from the dead and he is coming back. This is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can celebrate Christmas knowing that our chains are broken. We are redeemed. Amen and amen. Let us now have an affirmation of our faith. Oh Christian, what do you believe? I believe and God the Almighty, and the Father of heaven and earth, and in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ.
We don't have an official offering um, now uh, as people coming in and taking over our collection. We do have an offering plate in the publicship hall. And for those of us who are at home watching this, we can still continue the ministry of this church and further the gospel of Jesus Christ by giving either to the male or more. Let us have a prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for your many gifts to us, especially the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you give us wisdom to use these tithes and these pledges responsibly, wisely, to further your kingdom, to nurture faithful to suffer those who are sick or suffering or poor. Let us be faithful and to the calling to which you have called us. In Jesus' name.
We now come to the time to celebrate the communion, our um, sacrament. First, hear the invitation to the Lord's table. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. They will come from east and west, from north and south, and sit at table in the kingdom of God. According to Ruth, our risen Lord was at table with his disciples. He took the bread and broke it and blessed it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share the feast which he has for Please join me in a prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. 
it is right to give God thanks and praise. It is truly right and a great joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord. You created light out of the darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and called us to love and serve you. When we were unfaithful, you did not forsake us. Instead, you delivered us from captivity, making a covenant to be our God and sending prophets to call us back to your ways. In the fullness of time, you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. In him, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld your Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with all the faithful of every time and place, who forever sing to the glory of your name. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take for your creation this bread and this wine, and joyfully celebrate Christ's dying and rising as we await the day with thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these gifts of bread and wine, the bread we break and the cup we bless, may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. We ask these things in the name of the Christ child, who grew up to teach us this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and broke it and blessed it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is the, my body broken for you. Eat this in memory of me. And then he took the wine and he poured a cup and he said to his disciples, this is my blood shed for you. Drink this in memory of me the cup of salvation 
and the body of Christ. Let us receive these elements in our minds, in our spirits, in our hearts. Let us know that Christ is with us. Brothers and sisters, this is a time in the service where the lights will be going down, and we would ask that if you have a candle at home, light that candle and let your light shine.
I will take the Christ candle and uh, actually I better not take the Christ candle, it's too big. But we'll take one or the other. And this is the light of Christmas. Jesus is the Lord of light, bringing light to a troubled and broken world. Celebrate the holiday knowing that Jesus is the light of life and that he will be with us now and forever.